Oh my goodness, so it is Wednesday, which means it is podcasting day, and I am so unbelievably excited because today is a really special podcast. Uh, we have one of my best friends, who is not Jess Anderson here today, Jess Anderson uh, needed to take the day off. Uh, so we have a special guest. Miss Haley Holt, who has been on the podcast before, joining us via Zoom uh, to get this podcast filmed today, and I'm so excited. So uh, she has been a guest star previously. It was a few months back, uh, but remind them who you are and where they can find you. Um, I am Haley, and I am located in Missouri. Um, you can find me on all social media aspects, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Like, they just search Haley Hole on Facebook and they're going to be able to find you? Yeah. All right. Yep. Cool. And what's yeah, that? I'm, I have all my other social media features listed on my personal Facebook. Gotcha. So what uh, area of Missouri would be best? Or are you close to any surrounding states that you travel to for uh, your biz? Um, I, I'm located in St. Joseph, Missouri. So I traveled to, like, Kansas City, Missouri. Leavenworth, Kansas is the farthest I've been, like, Kansas-wise. Um, uh, I really go all over Missouri area. I usually will drive up to like the furthest I've drove is like an hour and a half. Good for you. Furthest I drove is eight hours. <laughs> it's okay. It's totally worth it. Call around a party. <laughs> Fine. All right. So, um, as you all know, I'm Rachel Vote, and this is a good girl's guide podcast. So today, um, well, I guess before we get started, friendly reminder. Tomorrow is uh, normally cooking in Chef Tone's kitchen, uh, but the chef needs to rearrange his schedule a little bit. So we're taking a break tomorrow from that. I think he's still going to um, post a recipe. But I kid you not, when we were talking about it last night, he's like, well, maybe you just tell him we'll be back next week and maybe there'll be a special guest. And I was like, who is going to be the special guest? And he's like maybe it'll be me and I was like uh what and he was like he was like yeah maybe I go well I can't plug that you'll maybe be a guest like what do you you're either gonna be a guest or you're not gonna be a guest and he was like well I don't know that'd be really embarrassing for you if you said I was gonna be there and then I didn't show up I'm like yeah maybe <laughs> so yeah so I don't know what's behind that uh but we'll figure it out sooner or later so more importantly uh since there's nothing not that this week next week is the empowerment class I'm so unbelievably stoked at this online opportunity. So um, if you feel like the podcast ever resonates with you, especially what we're going to be talking about today, it would probably be a really great opportunity. If you feel like you've got discord going on in your life, a little anxiety, a little depression, a little uh, unclearness, that's usually what people tend to be drawn to the class for, is if you're looking for clarity and focus and ease in your life. Um, so we'll talk about that. Just hit me up and I will give you the info. I'm super stoked because the class keeps growing and growing on it. I keep going and go, mm, maybe that's enough. Mm, maybe that's enough. Mm, but I mean, like it's online. So what do you do? Just let, let in all the love, right? Cool. So uh, yeah, that's next Wednesday, 6 to 10 Central Time via Zoom. Okay. So um, I think that what, I mean, I would like for you as the guest star who kind of cultivated our topic for today to kind of introduce it. So you want to tell them a little bit about like where you learned this from? Because I just think it's fantastic that we even have this as an opportunity to us as consultants. Um, so I originally heard of this topic at a training um, for pure romance consultants and the doctor that was speaking or teaching this class um, 
Her name is Madeline Castanello. Yeah, th- thanks. I can't ever pronounce it right. Yeah. So her name is Madeline, and she focuses a lot on um, not only just women's sexual health, but shares a lot of information about couples in general as well when it comes to sexual health. So um, our topic that we'll be talking about today um, resonates like where the most common arguments come into relationships. Um and then how to have a healthy dynamic on other bases of your relationship, even though you may be dealing with these arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm excited about it. Madeline has been um, such a powerful influence in my life over the years because she's she's had like an existing relationship with our company, I believe, since I've been in, which is, you know, yeah. almost eight years. It'll be eight years next month. So the better part of a decade, at least, where she's been coming to these conventions and teaching us, you know, um, and I just think that's so powerful because, you know, we get a lot of flack about what we do sometimes or that we can't classify ourselves as sexual educators. And I don't usually use that title because if you believe there, there has to be some type of certification involved to get that, that's cool. But that's why I just call myself a sexual wellness advocate. And the fact that she shows up to teach us about the arousal cycle and teach us about how important mental foreplay is and what she sees in her practice between committed couples and people who are trying to find love for themselves. It, it changes the dynamic of a party. It's not definitely not about a vibrator and it's more than a party. So this is really great because I truly believe that um, when we started getting access to information like this, it was just like a game changer because you know, I always say that I feel like the ordering room for me is where the magic happens. Like it's so much fun to do the demo. It's so much fun to build connection with women through laughter and, you know, empowerment. But when they get in there and they just like open up their walls and they, you know, ball like babies because they needed it or they get advice that they needed, they, they, you know, they already, were, they already knew, but they needed some validation or whatever. This, yeah, and I agree with all of that. Yeah, it could just be, it's like, I think it's life changing for both. So, and I will say too, that my very first class I took of Madeline's, like I went into it totally blinded. Like I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know like what her attitude towards the topics that she discussed really was going to consist of. Mm -hmm. And she makes it like, she talks about it so naturally that it makes you like, you feel no there's no shame. There's no embarrassment. Yes. It's like, this feels like a natural conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she so normalizes it. Of it. Like you don't feel like anyone's judging you in the room. Right. Because you're relating to it. I, I remember crying with in the first class I took a first, um, just because I related to so many things and I thought it was not normal. Yeah. And so taking her class made me realize that it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And you know, um, I, I've mentioned this before. One of the very first podcasts I did was with um, Dr. Asta and she's a pelvic floor specialist and she helped me like attach to this statement of it's common, but not normal. Like, you know, the, we, were, we were just saying yeah. like for you to have that realization, like, holy, holy moly, I thought it was just me. Um, you know, it's common, but it doesn't have to feel that way, which is really powerful. So yeah, I, I mean, and I will attest to that. Like, I just know that you're a totally different person. Um, you, you and your relationship, you have always been good. Like you and your husband, like there was never any doubt in my mind that you guys were like happy and there was connection there. It was always you finding more love for yourself that 
really changed the power dynamic in your relationship in a good way where it was everything was coasting but now you see what potential you have and how to get there because of things like this right yeah yeah cool all right great so let's talk about um the first thing that you have on your list for this um the first thing like when it comes to top argument yeah Okay, so um, number one, when it comes to relationships and arguments, is money and finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure anyone who's listening can relate. If you're in a relationship, that usually is like 100% across the board the number one issue. Well, so yeah, issue. I, I'm glad you said issue because here's what's funny to me is that I can guarantee for you in some relationships, it's that it's like a constant fight about money. But in other relationships, there's no conversation about money. Yes. Yes. That was because that was absolutely where I was in my previous relationship. There were I I handled everything. There was never conversation about money. Um, And I wouldn't say necessarily that it caused tension in our relationship because I wasn't like bitter about it. But he had no idea. He didn't know what our bills were. And that was. That was just as bad on my part as it was on his for, you know, remaining ignorant, but me like wanting to make sure that I controlled every aspect of our money. So let's talk about it as I just opened that floodgate. Um, yeah. So um, they fight about it or they don't have any conversations. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I, I, w- I want to I say that it was another class at training and um, because before it was always me that took care of our finances, same as you just stated. Um, it, there just was never any conversations about it. And at one of the trainings, and it was a class over um, over money, and um, it's they, the person teaching it had stated that um, if you were to, if something was to happen to you tomorrow and you died or, yeah, drastic terms sure. of dying, yeah. your, would your partner be completely lost on any financial part of your guys' life? It's like, could they take it upon themselves to pay the bills by themselves? Like, is that something they're able to do? Mm-hmm. Is that something that's been discussed? Like, do they have like passcodes to everything? And so then right when I got home from training, we talked, we sat down and we discussed all of those things. Like we have all passcodes like wrote down, stored away for both of us to know where those things are. So, yeah, that's really smart too, because, you know, um, prior in my corporate job, uh, world, I did insurance and oh, it was a terrible position for me because they had me in like auto and housing and those types of, you know, claims. But I, my passion was life insurance. My passion has always been life insurance, which I think might be odd for some people. But ever since I mean, I had a big girl job that was like one of the first things, retirement and uh, life insurance that I got set up. And I think that obviously there's doom and gloom that people sometimes associate with, well, like if you, if you're putting the energy into thinking about that, like oh, does that mean it's going to happen potentially? Number one, or just the association in general? I don't want to set up life insurance. I don't have to think about what's going to happen or whatever. But that is such an important thing in my opinion. Um, that if you, if you don't think about that now while you're healthy or decent or of sound mind, you're actually being incredibly selfish 
Yes, because that's what I was going to say. Yeah, if you don't think about what your family needs to go through, if they have things to worry about, things to sort through, how cliche and classic is it that you hear about families that, you know, fall apart in the end because it's either over money um, or uh, having to plan a funeral that they weren't expecting to or couldn't afford. So not only is it the added stress of losing a family member, it's the added stress of trying to figure out how to properly bury you. And for a lot of people that is devastating if it's not in a certain particular, you know, tradition or ritual or whatever the case may be. So if you just, you know, don't leave that in their hands, like that's a gift mm -hmm. to them. So all they need to do is mourn you however they need to mourn you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, here is one of the things that like when, as soon as I um, had children, I immediately got policies on my children and people, some people feel like that's weird. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell you what, like, if you need to hear this from a mom, the last thing I'm going to want to do is return to work for a minimum of six months to a year, if that was something that, God forbid, ever happened in my life. And so it is not like getting rewarded for losing a child, which I don't think that's what people are saying, but people might feel that way. Or again, that it's mm -hmm. too weird to set up or think about that. I, I tried to have a policy for Olivia before she was born. Um, so, you know, again, for all the, the same reason. So, um, I think that there's a lot of relief. Like I don't ever think about my life insurance. I don't ever think, Oh my God, I hope my husband never has to use it. It's actually like security and peace of mind for me that just knowing it's there. I do think yeah. all the time about my will because my will is not legal yet. So that actually gives me a little anxiety because that part is still like, well, uh, that's money. That's money that my children yeah. have to, you know, worry about tracing and finding down. Just like you had said, Did, I mean, does Tony know how to, to log into my bank accounts and figuring that stuff out yeah yeah and so I and I also think that the biggest thing when it comes to having the issues with money is just making sure that you are communicating mm -hmm. like that is the biggest step so if you're communicating and sharing how to handle things maybe even sitting down and doing it together um it can make a world of difference right and having a plan like issue establishing a plan for your finances monthly is also going to help. Yes. I'm actually going to pull up a website real quick because, um, um, when we talk about like the, the fact that everything in your life is connected, it's 100% accurate, right? Because like if you're, if you're, um, you know, fighting with your spouse about money, maybe one of you thinks of it as security. And so, you know, you're like freaking out about where it goes versus maybe somebody else who looks at it as a, a way of providing. So if they're not, providing to the means that they think are significant that that's playing a part and a role in your relationship. So um, the reason I say that is because I believe that both my husband and I came to the relationship as two people who were just like ambivalent, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that either one of us had a desire to be head of household, but it wasn't that it, like either of us really cared that the other one wasn't involving the other again, some pretty classic for Rachel, Rachel, right. But um, that led me to actually, doing a lot of reading and personal development into wealth specifically, not about money, not about just finances in general, but the idea of wealth. And I came across this really great book. I've actually read a couple of them. And there is um, like different types of people when it comes to money types. Here it is. Okay. So I'm going to pull this up. Now, is there something else you want, want to bring up or talk about with this real quick? I can't see you. Sorry. Flipped over. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. So I thought this was really powerful. So you can take the money quiz if you want to. 
and it is at moneycoachinginstitute.com. There's technically, it's called um, eight money types, okay? And I was not surprised per se when I took my quiz, but then I was actually kind of surprised, okay? So for example, one of them uh, is... Let's read this one, it's a little bit shorter. The martyr. So if you're a martyr when it comes to your wealth and finances, martyrs are so busy taking care of other people's needs that they often neglect their own. Financially speaking, speaking, martyrs generally do more for others than they do for themselves. They often rescue others, a child, a spouse, a friend, a partner from some circumstances or other. However, martyrs do not always let go of what they give and are repeatedly let down when others fail to meet up to their expectations. They have formed an unconscious attachment to their own suffering. The martyr moves between two distinctively uh, different energies, one that seeks to be in control and controls others, when, and the other being the wounded, often very needy child. Martyrs tend to be perfectionists and have high expectations of themselves and of others, which makes them quite capable of realizing their dreams because they put so much energy, energy into needing to be right. So it's very interesting. I highly recommend you take it. Um, the innocent, the victim, the warrior, the martyr, the fool, and the creator, an artist, and the tyrant. Oh, God, I didn't read them all. And the magician. So I, I just, they just kept going. Um, and what's cool is that the money quiz will kind of tell you, like, what you're heavy in and then, like, what your subcategories are. And it for me, it was – reading it was like, that's exactly how I am. But at the same time, it's also going, oh, like – Reading that description as the martyr is like childlike because woe is me. I was like, that makes sense. I don't think I was a martyr, but I was just just uh, using it as an example. But I, I recommend it. It's really powerful. Um, I haven't had my husband take it yet because I'm still deep in the thresholds of figuring out my own issues with wealth and money and abundance and being deserving and so on and so forth. But I'd have him take it too, for sure. Yeah, it's funny how all of these quizzes that they can throw out there and how how insanely they match up like Mm -hmm. they're so accurate it's scary sometimes yeah I would say that too because you know like when people jokingly talk about let's say like a horoscope right okay or phases of the moon and you use those to make decisions in your life to each their own right but I think that a lot of people make fun of other people who do things like that um and what I mean by that is like because theoretically if you read your horoscope and you read all the 11 other horoscopes there are you could probably find some truth in each of those about yourself, right? However, Correct. but that, like, however, like, the thing with this, like, that martyr, like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm like, yeah, but that's not me. But I do know a martyr when it comes to money, like, that. I was just talking to her about it, like, two weeks ago. I'm like, I didn't, we weren't talking about this, but I'm like, girl, like, stop. You, you can't save everybody kind of thing is what it was. So um, there is definitely... I think there's a lot of accuracy in it for sure. But like I had said, you know, uh, it's very important to remember that you're going to have primaries and then you're going to have little dabs of everything or um, two thirds of whatever. And that's that's normal because nobody's going to fit into eight categories specifically when it comes to money. So, yeah. So um, I would say what are what have been some things that you feel like uh, you can could suggest to potential clients, whether it was through your own experiences or what you've learned from personal development classes, whichever that people can use um, to proactively have conversations about money or get comfortable talking about money or wealth or whatever? Um, Well, I think that it's very important for each person in the relationship to share their goals, Mm -hmm. Um, future goals, current goals, like whatever it may be, like just desires they have to accomplish in life. Um, 
it could be like their five year, 10 year, whatever it may be. And then also going back to what I had stated before, communicating with your partner, like is very, very important. Um, in my six years in pure romance, there's been so many different ideas thrown at us on different ways to become wealthier and to different ways of saving money and establishing, establishing a, a financial plan. Um, and it's really all about like what works for the both of them. They want to make sure it works for both of them versus one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I would, that's what I would share. Yeah. I agree with that because I, I, I feel that way about everything in a relationship is that you definitely need to come together, talk about what works for one person and money and wealth and finances, what works for the other person. So that way you can use what you both like, compromise on what's important to the both of you and throw out what you don't need. And, you know, when you talk about offering advice like that to people, I don't, I I feel like sometimes people are like, no, that just sounds like so much work. Or how do you even do that when you, you, you sit down? We're not talking about like when you, you know, first get like your swipe, I don't know if it's left or right, cause I've never been on Tinder, but. Me neither. Okay. When you first get your swipe, you don't sit down with like this list of things like, so how do you feel about Roth IRAs and how do you feel about hedge funds? Not, nothing like that. These are things that will evolve in your relationship. Are they important to have these conversations early on? Yeah, but most of us don't do that because we don't even know what it looks like to communicate in a relationship. Uh, and it's going to look different than what your partner is. Sometimes, you know, partners come from households that are completely non-verbal communicators it's all about passive aggressive body movement and so on and so or freezing people out for three days when you're mad at them or whatever and maybe you came from a household where immediately you sat down and you conversated about whatever conflict was going on and obviously if you neither of you knows what your conflict style is from a relationship standpoint and you like move in together you are going to be in for a rude awakening because you are both going to think that you're wrong or they're, I'm sorry, you're both going to think that your partner is wrong because of the place that they're operating from. You're going to misread or misinterpret because you don't have any idea how to dissect their level of communication. So it's so important that we talk about this kind of thing now because I believe that if we would prime our little people in before they get into relationships to be able to really take a step back. Like, hey, when you're meeting other people outside your inner circle, know that their thoughts and experiences are always going to be different from yours. So you should recognize that it's not wrong what they think. It's just different. And until you get to know them and you can form an actual opinion, if they say something to you that, that's mean, snarky, or you interpret it as like it's hurtful, it's okay to just pause for a second and go, do I even know this person? If you do, is this about me? Like I didn't, I know I didn't instigate whatever feeling is coming out of their mouth right now. And if people could get like that pause button for an umpteenth of a second, we could go, Oh, okay. 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 Boo boo. I I see, I see what's going on. And this is not about me. So if you react differently, right? Because if your partner says something to you and you're immediately triggered to go, Oh, holy crap. He did not just say that. Right. Then you're going to react in the way that you do in conflict if it's not well. So icing them out or snarky remark, whatever it is, roll your eyes. But if you go, oh my gosh, like I can see my partner's upset, probably not about me. Let me go ahead and ask either an opening question or just say, oh my gosh, is everything okay? Uh, What's the worst going to happen? Like the worst is going to happen. They go, yeah, you pissed me off. Right. And so then you're already on that trail to fight anyway. But if you take that moment to breathe and he's like, "I, I don't know, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I just was you know, bad day at work or whatever, then you immediately diffuse a situation that wouldn't have to like ruin your entire day. Yeah. Yeah. So don't go straight to just being ugly. 
Yeah, exactly. And that gets easier with time. Like, I know when people listen to this, you don't know who I live with. You don't know who fights with me. I, I do. Like, not only was I very combative in my thought processes and relationships previously uh, for, I would say, desire of control in the relationship, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because I just knew that he wasn't going to fight with me. Like, he was just... He was going to let me have my way. Not that, well, <laughs> that's a different, that's a conversation for a different day. Never mind. I don't want to talk about that. Um, but yeah, what, yeah, I, I think that you're right. That's what all it needs to be is just. Don't get ugly. Yeah. Don't get ugly because yeah. yes, you can't take things that back that what you say, but if you can take a moment just to pause and reset your mindset, you're going to be better off. Yeah. And I'm sure. Like, I can't, I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat that I've not said, like, we've, we've, me as, me and my husband as a couple, we've been together for 12 years. So we've had our share moments of just guns a blazing straight to the ugly. And every time we regret that. Mm-hmm. So it's just very important, like, to realize. And like you just stated, it may not be as easy at first. It's not. Um, but training yourself to, realize okay let me just take a breather yeah and then we'll go into this but right now I'm just going to step back yeah yeah and you know I, I think what's kind of important here is to recognize like I've been both sides of the fence in my previous relationship I don't know that I honestly like I I, I don't everybody's what we're talking about everybody's ugly is different like I was never a name caller but I was definitely like had to be right right mm-hmm. and I would I would fight to have the last word to be right just just to prove the point because why can't you just let it go because you can't because I'm right just let it go kind of thing that was one side of the fence and then when I got with my husband I it was such a different realm for me like I just I never ever wanted to fight with him that way it Mm -hmm. would so it was almost the opposite like I was almost insecure overly insecure because I would think that he would think things about me that he didn't say anything but I would just I would like I'm younger I'm less experienced I I mean he's more mature in relationships so on and so forth so it would almost be like I would have we've had that conversation a lot like, like you I've make you stuff up that several times like that make that stuff up in my head insecure yeah yeah, you were insecure about yeah. That. yes and so I I think it's important to know it's both sides of the fence because I probably I feel that my ex was had feelings of that in our relationship probably potentially I don't know but so my husband never makes me feel that way guys that's just like an interpretation I have on the the situation but where I've been able to get to because of conversations about that and him reassuring me and like to a point where it's almost frustration like I don't deserve that blame when I've done nothing to make you feel that way and that was I think really powerful for me that was like kind of what reset it is see he's validating that he's not doing what you think he's doing so, mm-hmm. um, so that helped me to grow in our relationship. And now when we get to a place, um, where like he almost in, in my interpretation is like snappy or short or snippy with me, which is, uh, is never how it's, uh, it's never that way. I can actually recognize and go, I go, I'll go, whoa, is everything okay? Because, you know, one, it's either going to throw him off and he's going to go, oh, maybe I was being harsher with her than I intended to if that was really meant for me. Or he's going to he's gonna go, like I said earlier, it's just a long day. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm just tired. I want to sit down. Whatever it is, right? So 
I don't have, I, I have two options from that moment. I can take it personally that he couldn't check himself before he talked to me, or I can go, that was great. Like you just helped you and your husband move forward. Cause he's going to do that for you somewhere down the road in a different way. Like I have two options to pick over that feeling. Um, so baby steps for sure. Like, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but would you say that you feel like you and your husband are better now than you have been even like, let's say in the last two years about that communication? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it just, it's very rewarding work, ladies and gents. You definitely evolve together whenever you try to train yourself to do better when it comes to disagreements. Mm -hmm. And part of that I think is like people might not necessarily want to do the work because it comes down to a pride issue, okay? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we talk about this all the time, when you argue with people, what is the point? Like, if you make them see your point, all you've done is make them feel crappy because they were wrong and you had to point it out to them. If they were right, then you just feel silly, right? But either way, nobody wins. There's discord and tension in the relationship and it's just not worth it. So you get to choose which is the happier feeling for me, to not fight or to fight. Yeah. Pride or love. Agree. Yeah. Okay. So... Let's move on to the next topic. Number two, when it comes to most common arguments, is sex. Shocker! Not having a balance of desires maybe could cause the conflict. So whether someone, one of you in the relationship doesn't want it very often and the other person wants it all the time. Yeah. um, Or vice versa. So there could be a lot of things that could cause that frustration when it comes to sex. Right. And I think that's also an important note to make, right? Because like, I think some people think it's one way or the other, like one person wants it, some say the other person doesn't, it can absolutely flip flop from time to time. Mm-hmm. And people can be in different stages of life. It can be whatever. Yeah. It changes all the time. It could be just different, um, um, daily situations. Like I work from home and my husband works a full-time job. And so the difference in jobs could also affect your scheduling, the desire, the yeah. desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So whether it be scheduling, like what his schedule is compared to my schedule, um, his is more hands-on and he sweats to death all day long and I'm chilling in the AC at home. So like it's definitely two different dynamics. So balancing that, yeah. It'd be hard. It can be hard. Um, you know, it's funny because like one of the common things I hear, which is funny because it's about number three, right? Is in the order room, it's always like, yeah, well, we'd like to, but kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd like to, but kids. And it's hard for me because um, I just want to, I mean, to me, it's such an important part of my relationship that we make time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that our our, uh, our life is different in terms of having split household, but we also do then have three schedules to manage for children who are in different places, and we have a full-time child at home. So, you know, we just make it a part to have somebody take the full-time child when the other two are away, and that happens at least once a month, even if it's just for dinner together or whatever, but... You know, even sometimes when we look at our look at our schedules on Sunday and we're like, whew, we're busy. So when are we going to make sure that we either sit down and we're having dinner together or that we are both going to bed at the same time two to three nights this week or whatever it is. 
uh, because that's important to us. Like if you had doctor's appointments, you'd schedule those in, right? You wouldn't miss mm-hmm. them because they'd be in your calendar. If you had work events you had to go to, you'd schedule it. It's just people. So why not? Why not? And I guess I I would also like to state like you talking about your schedule. It doesn't have to be actual intercourse. Correct. Yeah. Just scheduling that physical connection with your partner. So whether it be going out to dinner or just planning a night at home, just the two of you, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you're going to bed together, maybe just sitting in bed and just de-stressing from your day, like right. something to where you're physically acknowledging each other. Yeah. Well, and that's really common in our house because yes, my husband works outside the house as well. And he's usually, he's usually gone before 7am. So I usually just go into the bedroom around 10 with him, 10 or 10.30. And he goes to, like, you know, man style mm-hmm. in 30 seconds. And then I'll just not be on my phone. I've got plenty of things I could do, but still being there is nice. It's nice yeah. for the both of us. So, yeah, um, it, it might feel silly. It might feel like, you know, you don't know my story. You're right. We don't. You might have something that is crazy, crazy weird. But if you look at your partner and you long for physical touch or you long for, you know, stimulating conversation – that's not wrong. So figure out a way to incorporate it in by telling them, Hey, I miss you. Like all I want to do is just talk to you, whatever it needs to be. Yeah. And, um, I know that before we actually started the podcast, I had mentioned to you, like, I don't like to like fully, I, I'm not saying that having check the box sex is like what should be your norm, but in the beginning for you to get into some type of uh, I don't want to say scheduling either, but for you to have some type of a consistency when it comes to the physical touch or the, the intercourse or the just time alone, if you have to literally mark it on your calendar and check it off when it's done, do that. And then you'll gradually just have that. It'll basically just became, become part of your routine. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think what you're describing is creating a habit in your relationship. It just doesn't yes. sound sexy, which is yeah. what people think, is that if it's on the calendar, it's not sexy. Well, well if you if you need to write, like, um, you know, French maid comes to clean the house at 3 p.m. or whatever, then maybe it'll sound sexier that way. Maybe whatever it needs to be. I mean... We're not, we're not here to tell you, you know, how to, how to spice things up today. That's a different conversation for a different day, but there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. You should feel valued if your partner wants to put you on their calendar because it means you are priority in their life. So, um, and I mean, I'm just going to tell you, like, if you can get past the emotional attachment to being on a calendar about it, you can really see the uh, value it is in actually scheduling your time. So it's spent where you want to spend it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that sex is probably what people would think of the most when it comes to having conflict in a relationship. I definitely think it mostly boils down to that somebody's got different libido. But I think it's just as important to talk about, you know, arguing over um, frequency, Mm -hmm. which is is borderline the same, but actually talking, like, I don't like when people compare, um, you know, so like, what what do you think is successful two to three times? It does, it 
there is no such thing as successful in terms of an amount. It needs to be what works for you in your relationship because for some people, you know, that doesn't involve orgasm. It doesn't, it doesn't involve penetration. It just involves some type of connection between the two of you. So you just have to really write what your success looks like in terms of sex and intimacy and wellness. Maybe you need to make it a broader statement than just sex so that you feel better about it. But uh, it's, it's crucial. I mean, that's human species runs on connection whether people yes. want to admit it or not you need people definitely do yeah for sure uh so i think that this is something that can be so so much fun uh in in if you somehow some way can continue to carry the feelings that you have generally in the beginning of a relationship right we talk about the honeymoon phase so I was reading this really great book the other day that uh, the honeymoon phase is definitely not what we think it is like we think of it really of being like completely intoxicated of our partner which absolutely hormones take place in that right and hormones are going to elevate all of those things and I think that's really cool because that's the evolutionarily that's the part that has stuck around, right? Is that's just this normal from people find one another attractive, hormonally speaking, the bodies are like, Oh, I think we're going to try to mate. So it's going to physiologically respond, right? Mm-hmm. But, but when we talk about um, honeymoon phases, like on a on a mental level, it actually has nothing to do with our partners, it has to do with ourselves because what's happening is that our partners are magnifying all the things that we like about ourselves in our relationship right because they're basically uh applauding and um in and fostering an environment for us to feel our bests that's what we like about it it has nothing to do with uh thinking that you know things are so great because this person's in my life. That's not what it is. This person's making me feel great about who I am, which is can be very dangerous, of course, because you don't want to make sure that your feelings are relying on how somebody else is making you feel. But it really speaks volumes about if you can understand that philosophy, then you can really make the honeymoon phase last seven and a half years later and one year into marriage. I feel the way I feel about my husband since I did on day one. And um, I think that the power in that is just recognizing the ever-expanding evolution because things things don't have to get boring or stale or monotonous or predictable unless you like that in terms of control um everything evolves everything changes so you can keep it fresh and easy with the smallest of things and still feel the way that you did in the very beginning that's possible in a relationship just saying and it's possible that if you've lost that to get it back yes speak more about that um uh, <laughs> it is I mean it's it's I don't know, it goes back to communicating. Like I'll just iterate that again, like communicating, communicating, communicating. Yeah. Um, but also um effort. And desire, right? Yeah. Desire to want to get yes. to a clearer place. Um and so as long as you like just combine your energy into getting that back, I think the universe will bring it to you if you try hard enough on it. So, yeah. So what I think is important for people to think about is that when you go through whatever you want to call it, like um, a disagreement, a little, a little lull in your relationship, 
um, not so much a high point, whatever it is that you classify it as. If you still foresee yourself, like I think that this is a distinction you have to make first is, am I in this relationship for the long haul? Do I see myself yes. with this person? I never ask people, do you see yourself with this person forever? I don't think you have to think that far ahead. Like I would say, could you see yourself creating a life with this person for the next 20 to 30 years? And if the answer is yes, then you have to just get really clear on what's happening in this moment that's making you feel the way you're feeling. And then recognize that all it is is an opportunity for expansion. Meaning what's happening in this moment is that you're recognizing what you don't want in your life. That's a good thing. But we get so hung up on this bad thing that's happening to me that it makes it seem worse than it is or you dwell on it too long or you actually manifest more of it into your life because all you're focused on is the negative in your world. So if you can look at it and go, Maybe it doesn't feel so great right now, but it's not going to last forever. So what can I take from this moment that says, clearly, if something like this was to happen similarly in the future, what will I not tolerate? Or what do I not want? Or how would I change things differently? And really like pat yourself on the back and go, that was a really great growth opportunity for me. Again, not going to happen overnight. Okay. But such a different perspective to be able to look upon how it will be an investment in your future relationships and being able to grow from that, I think. Yeah, I think that's all very important. Yeah. Um, I would, I would also say that um, going back to if you can see yourself planning uh-huh. a future, right? Um, that it all just like it all boils down to the. Oh, I don't know how to, because I'm not, I don't want to go too far, far into my own uh-huh. shit, mm-hmm. but, um, like you could really like look at a few days, a few weeks and think that you never in a million years expected that you guys would even be going through what you're going through. Right. And, um, at the end of the day, if you like wholeheartedly love your partner and want better for the both of you and can and still even going through some of the hardest times of your life, still picture what the future could bring. That's something that you should really try to hold on to and just get back. I would agree with that fully because I think it's what you're talking about is if you can look at your your other human, again, it's like we said, and recognize that whatever's happening is probably not about you. It's about something that they are still traumatized with or learning how to cope or developing a new skill, finding self-love, discovering confidence, like any of those things. If you can say, that's not about me and it truly isn't about you, which 99.9% of the time it isn't. And like you had said, and you still look at that person and go, I believe in them. I know like it's not a fallacy. It's not that, um, you know, I'm, it's a, coping mechanism or you're enabling or there's a dependency issue if it's this is a rough patch for my partner and they would see me through it as well then then yeah you better jump in and go I'm here for you and know that uh, you can always pivot right like it's not a permanent decision don't do it seven or eight times and think it's going to change that's probably what they call insanity but I think that Mm -hmm. you know when people talk about like oh my god there's so many people that get divorced yeah that's a true statement but I also think that it's kind of asinine to assume that 
everybody's going to stay married when you go through completely different seasons and there's nothing wrong with growing apart with somebody if you both grow apart for the right reasons uh, and you're no longer in the same headspace right like it's okay like that's not failure if you aren't leaving each other well, I, I can't even say that it's failure if you're bitter and like you know you have custody but it, it it's not it's not failure it's just that you are handling through emotion very intensely instead of perspective about how can I make my now better how can I make my future better I'm, I'm still wounded from the past kind of thing. That was a small yes. tangent, but they're all tied together, right? Okay. So, um, yes, I think that uh, <coughs> sex and money, I think, to me, are probably the two that I do uh, counsel the most on in the ordering room for sure. But let's go ahead and bring in number three. Um, number three for most common arguments or issues um, are children. Um, and if you don't have children you don't share children together um we would say close relationships maybe best friends or um in-laws family members that you're very close to in-laws that kind of thing or would be the next if you don't have children yeah so your close relationships yeah yeah <clears throat> makes perfect sense right because if you're not spending time with your partner you're probably spending time with these people mm -hmm. right and so it's absolutely going to have an influence whether you want it to or not or you don't think it does. It always does because sometimes you have people that your partner knows 100% about, that those are your best friends, um, whatever, right? So that's kind of clear how those influences happen. But maybe there's also people, like I would say, my partner gives two craps about what my mentor <laughs> is doing. All like Anytime I try to have a conversation, he's like, I don't care about this. And he doesn't say that. It's always like, I can just tell, like, it's a girl thing, maybe, that I'm talking mm -hmm. about it. But that person still massively influences my life, right? Massively. It's just, he doesn't care about her. You know what I mean? Like, not in a bad way. It's just, I mean, it's not a relationship he has. So, it's not as important to him. So, they all matter when you're looking at it on that side of the fence. And, of course, with children, uh, that makes perfect sense that there would be possible contention and disagreements but that goes back to what we said about sitting down and saying where did I come from when it came to raising little ones where do you come from what are your ideas about parenting what do you think works and and I'll tell you that this has been um this has been interesting because when we came from a blended family obviously we had two children and we were very very different in our parenting styles I will say that it blended well together like for a long time it was I was able to kind of do my thing and he was able to do his thing and the things we had to do together were okay and then it was interesting of course when we decided to have one together because it was like well now we don't have a choice we have to mesh our parenting ideas together right so yeah um, yeah so um that to me it could have been a huge source of tension it could have been a lot of me going back to my old ways of he's judging me, he's he doesn't think I'm good enough to be a good mom, whatever. And I've never felt that way. I've never felt that way. We've absolutely come to places where we see differently on some things. Um, there's been a lot of things as a more mature parent that he was and is that I watched him do with his son that I'm like, I'm going to do that now. Because <laughs> I was much younger as a mom and I was a single mom at that. Uh, so it can be, I think whatever you choose it to be it can be very offensive if you let it or it can be very rewarding because if you adapt to not only like hey I really like how you did that thing parenting like that was really cool 
not only does that validate your partner, but then you guys are on the same play, playing field and uh, then you brought ease and clarity into your own life. So you've given yourself a gift realistically instead of just being so stubborn in your ways that you think the way your parents raised you, which you hated anyway, you didn't like it anyway, but here you are replicating it because you don't know no better anyway, right? So, yeah. yeah, and that's true of all relationships. Um, you know, I often say, like, especially when I'm coaching people, that sometimes it feels like I'm coaching big kids. But it's true because for everybody that's suffering out there, for everybody that doesn't know how to cope with a problem or work through a problem, that's because whatever you're dealing with, you've probably stopped emotionally maturing at an age where you were hurt or traumatized or let down or forgotten about or whatever it is. And so you still operate from that age in that particular instance. Does that make sense? Are you asking me? Well, you're the only other person here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Does that does that make sense, listeners? Does yeah, it make it sense? Does. They're like, yeah, I was I was nodding along. I don't know where the hell Haley was at, but I got it. Um, well, I like I can't really voice my opinion when it comes to the children because we don't have children of our own. Right, but I think um, it still applies to every relationship. Yeah, we definitely, like, we have the nieces and nephews, and they're here all the time. But um, I can definitely relate to, like, the friends and family, like, the closer, the close relationships that you may have with them. Um, In-laws, it kind of goes back to uh, when we were discussing earlier on how to address an issue or an argument you may having, like, whether or not they decided to sit down and talk about it right away, or if they wanted to... Um, step away from it and maybe just ignore it completely or talk about it later. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back into the that aspect of things because that's where we've disagreed on things um, when it comes to our in-laws. Yeah. Um, maybe him not agreeing with how my my parents handle certain situations or me not agreeing with how his parents handle certain situations. Yes. Um, also, even going back, like, it's as I don't want to call it as petty, but like, it was just so different. Like, whenever I got with my husband, because like my family personally have always been very close knit, like, we would hang out like on a regular basis and very um, loving to one another, like, giving hugs before we leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and his family, on the other hand, is more of we're going to get together on the major holidays. Yeah. Um, and by see you later, no hugs, no, I love you. Like, it was just very different for me. Yeah. And so we have different ideas and thoughts sometimes when it comes to when we do have children, how things might be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But here y'all are having the conversations before. Yeah. Which is so much better than having conversations in the moment, FYI, but you live, you learn, heads up. (laughs) (laughs) not a big deal not a big deal and again I think that that's that's permission that I still remind myself constantly because it was such another aha moment for me was I I know we know it but if you don't hear it sometimes you forget nothing nothing is permanent nothing is permanent you can you can change almost and well I don't don't know I said everything changes so you can change everything right so never think for a second that wherever you're at it has to remain the exact same way that it is in some capacity. So today's not working. Okay. So do I completely ditch this idea or do I find a way to maybe tweak it or go to pivot a little? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah. And that, that can be difficult, I would say, because, like, I sometimes think, like, like, I had an insecure moment not too long ago where I was like, you know, like, I just don't hang out with some of my friends as much as I used to. And they're, like, my good friends. Like, we didn't have a falling out. I feel like I've been trying to get in touch with them. I've been trying to schedule times together, and it's just not working. And I definitely got to a point where I started taking it personal and I'm like did I do something that they're not telling me that they don't want to hang out with me anymore or or what is this and you know um when I went back to my husband to talk about it he was like I mean why would you think it's about you like why are you making it about you I mean is it also just not something that you've taken into consideration that you and these friends are in different phases of life. Like, you know, for some of these women, they are either not married or they don't have children yet or they um, don't work the same type of career path. So it doesn't even really allow for us to sync calendars or whatever. But when you go to that immediately insecure place, like that's just, it's not a good place to be. <laughs> like, like I, I know it's a practice like taking a break and being like, okay, um, what, what is this moment for me? It, what is this moment about but it was like one of those that just happened back to back to back to back to back and couldn't get myself out of it of thinking otherwise so I mean at least it worked out and so I can relate to that very much so and we've talked about this like on recent occasions mm -hmm. that um I wear my feelings on my sleeve sometimes um but like kind of what I've like mentioned to myself like as I'm thinking negatively um like I realize that saying things that you just said me and my best friend, we don't, I, we're both married, but I don't have children. Um, so I know that her life may be a little bit more busier than mine. So our schedule is not always going to link up. Right. But then I also go back to the times that we do link up and it's just crazy how quickly we just pick up right where we left off. And it's like the best visit we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing over and over again. Like we'll go, you know, months without actually physically seeing each other. We may contact each other, but each time it's an amazing feeling after the meetup. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So nothing's permanent. Everything can be changeable if you need it to. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes you'll not oh, not have friends in your life anymore, which can be sad. <laughs> um, but, but that was kind of like the insecurity in my relationships was like when I was thinking, is this about me? Is this about me? It was like, for a moment, I was like, do my friends think that, like, I've become all about my husband? Like, do they think that maybe my husband doesn't want me to hang out with them? Um, because, you know, like, just like this we weekend when we were at my sister's house and she invited us to do something and I, I was kind of like, well, let me talk to my husband about it. And I immediately go, well, I hope she doesn't think that I'm like, I mean, like, I'm not asking for permission. It's just because this is somebody I love and care about instead of making a decision for the both of us, like I would have done in my previous relationship. It's let me see what he thinks, make sure that, you know, it, it lines up with where we're at. But I mean, truth be told, some people would think that about it. I'm like, and I just had to be like, I'm okay with that. You can be, you yeah. can think that. And so like, I still have my moments of like frustration when someone yeah. May, may state like why do you have to ask permission yeah I'm not asking permission I'm simply having an open conversation and letting my husband in the loop basically verifying like who knows if he had a hot date night planned for us that was a secret and I yeah. have no clue about it so me just like verifying like hey is it cool like I have so-and-so we want to go do this and 
like may I may burst that surprise mm, right. that he had planned, but I at least I at least know about it now because I communicated with him. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, but it and, does drive me crazy sometimes whenever people have sour things well, to say. Yeah. And I and I honestly and <laughs> I'll be that. Yes, I'll be frank, like nobody has said it to me yet. Um it was just an insecurity of mine. Um probably because I've heard other people say it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's to each their own, you figure out what works for you. And I just know that I am really happy in my relationship and my husband is a very reciprocal partner. So I'm going to continue doing that. If my friendships were at the same level of brilliant intimacy that mine was with my partner, I think that I would be just as dedicated to, well, let me see if my friend Susie is going to be free that weekend to go on that trip because I really want her to be a part of that. That's how much I love and care about her kind of thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. The more relationships you can have that are that connected and that intuitive and that rewarding the better off you're going to be for sure whether you think you want to be alone or not i mean yeah i think you'd be surprised at how how happy you would be to have more fulfilling relationships in your life give it a give it a go with some good people okay cool definitely agree yeah well that was great did you have anything in addition you wanted to add um no the only other thing i kind of mentioned beforehand was that like even if you're going through any of these issues or per se arguments Mm -hmm. um i think that it's very important to make sure that you are keeping a healthy balance between you and your partner when it comes to like the emotional connection mental connection physical whatever it may be uh whichever area may be lack thereof Mm -hmm. but um just putting forth the effort again i'll state like the effort the communication, the the desire, just really focus in on it because, like you said, anything can change. Right. And it's up to you guys to change that. So you guys as a team because when you're a couple, you're a team. Yeah. So You should want to be a team. Yeah. Because then you, you both should get what you want. And here's the thing is that when you both get what you want, it just makes things better. Like yeah. I can understand where you when people think like – and this was me in my last relationship. As long as I'm happy, what do I really care? Because as long as they're making me happy, what do I really care? Like, I was a shitty fiance. It was pretty bad. But when I'm on the other side of things and both people get what they want, it it's obviously, it leads to deeper connection. But the cooler thing about it is the level of creation you discover between the both of you. Like, when you combine forces in any capacity, money, sex, children, mental, physical, well-being, spirituality, whatever then you'll open doors to things that you didn't even know existed. So you're just kind of closing yourself off by thinking that it only has to be your particular way, to be frank. So, all right, super cool. Good conversation. So remind them where they can find you. Um, you, like, on Facebook. media-wise? Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you can find me um, by searching Haley Holt. Um, on Facebook, all of my other social media aspects are listed as you pull up my profile. Um, my profile is public as well. Um, you are more than welcome to reach out if you need. I am, like I said before, located in um, Missouri, St. Joseph, Kansas City area. Um, I forgot to mention earlier as well that I do have um, an online sale going on this weekend um so yeah hey so if you need yeah. some savings on your pr product yeah fantastic good stuff for sure 
Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, subbing in today. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Uh, and I thought it was a really good I'll be on these some more. Yeah. Well, for sure. You. I mean, obviously, there's nothing stopping us from setting it up these days. So yeah, we can do them whenever. Anything's possible. I know, right? Just like we said <laughs> that earlier, I believe. All right, fantastic. So we'll be back next Wednesday. Don't forget to uh, message me if you're interested in the empowerment class happening next Wednesday via Zoom. Um, and of course, if you need some sexual wellness, intimacy, something like that in your life you can be a part of the vip page where you have to be 18 years or older and a feminine energy but i'll get you added and over on instagram vote for parties check out my story as i'm still doing okay I haven't i haven't misspelled anything recently so i'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, and i think that's just about it so we'll see y'all next week or listen to us next week or hear you next week i don't even know what you say when i on a podcast but you just wrap <laughs> it up so stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands okay bye-bye